0: good to be back with you for coffee pods yep there we go here we go and welcome to everybody who's listening uh if this is your first time a lovely warm welcome to you i'm lisa and uh, as i just mentioned we've also got wes with us and we're continuing our series today that we've been covering for a few weeks where we've been looking at our supernatural god and his supernatural works and last week we were chatting through um a little bit of a toolbox for ministry. It was Ministry Insights into the Christian Healing Ministry and today we are exploring this a little bit further uh, under the topic of everyone is a minister. Um, And so this may feel unusual to you, it may feel familiar to you to hear that everybody is a minister, Um, but we're going to dive into this a little bit deeper and have a think about what it might mean um but wes can you just kick us off like w- why is this important that we're all ministers
1: well it, it's important to us because obviously acorn is planting out healing hubs uh, and this is a shameless uh, plug for anybody listening you know mm-hmm. if you uh would like to have a conversation about starting a healing hub where you are then please just go to the website and get in touch with us because we we would love to do that but A number of things came to me about this, and not just because, in a sense, it's a theological thing. And we we talk about the priesthood of all believers and we sort of talk about that. I'm not sure that we necessarily understand it or let it happen that much. But it's particularly important, I think, in relation to. So I think about things like look at the people that Jesus chose as his first disciples. OK, they were all men and they were all Jews. And there's reasons uh, for that. But actually, none of them came from the cleric, you know, clergy type of Pharisee type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in a sense, if Jesus wanted to make a point, it was there. Is There it was. It could have been right there. He could have just gone to the Sanhedrin, to the university and said, right, guys, come and be my disciples. But he didn't. He went to the shores of Galilee, picked out fishermen, uh, picked out a tax collector who robbed people blind, picked out people who were, you know, like no one.
0: Yeah,
1: and me. he said, OK, come. And funny, not just be disciples, but you call them apostles as well. You know, and that just means people who were sent out to do stuff. And so it's really important, I think, particularly in relation to us in the healing ministry, that we understand that everybody's a minister.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. And so um, when it comes to our own ministries, our churches, uh, obviously, it's important to have protocols and safeguarding in place. Um, but could we be a little bit more open when it comes to, um, you know, letting people minister to others? Like, what, what are your thoughts there?
1: Well, yes, I do believe in in things being done in order and things being done appropriately. Yeah. Um I think the the difficulty comes when you know I've been in some churches and they just let anything happen and yeah. and I and I think no that's not wise either but I've then been in churches where only certain people can do certain things. And so one of the things that sort of came to me was the fact that um we lock up the giftings that the Holy Spirit has put in people. Um and we we lock up the opportunities that they would have to bring life and blessing to others, you know, uh, simply because we're saying, well, you haven't done this and you haven't been, you know, certified for that. And and I do appreciate, please, I do appreciate the fact that we do need to to do things in a wise way. My, my problem is that I know that, um, Almost by extension of that, the 12 disciples probably wouldn't have been allowed to do anything, you know. And and so it's that sort of tension. And how do we create community in church and in ministry where people are able to express the gifts that God has given them without necessarily having to get a PhD in, you know, giving out the hymn books?
0: Yeah. So in response to that, then, would you say there should be a a distinction between clergy and laity or not?
1: Well, I think the the difficulty is that um, as you read through the New Testament, you don't see that. Yeah. So what you actually see is people called to leadership. And in fact, in some streams of, of the church, in some of the Mennonites and the Anabaptists, the senior pastor of the church was called the chief servant. right. That was his title, Mm. you know. And actually, so I think everybody is called to serve. I think leadership is about function, not about position. It's not about title or status. And, in fact, one of the things in in the the, the journey that we're on, um, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about, you know, first there are apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists and whatever. But he says that all of those people – were there to equip the saints for the work of service so actually leadership was about the the process of not running the ministry but it was actually about the process of equipping the church equipping the body or you know us all to do the work that Jesus sent us to do and but suddenly we've got a distinction between clergy and laity, and I, and I freely admit, you know, I'm an ordained Anglican uh, priest and whatever, but actually the distinction isn't about status. And and, and of course, the, the rules about what you were allowed to do and what you were not allowed to do came out as part of church history. Yes, often in response to something's going wrong, but actually the truth, Lisa, is that if something goes wrong, the answer is to get it right not to shut it down. And so I think in a sense, um, certainly for for ACORN, we see that people, and, and again, I'm not um, transgressing anybody's church tradition and, and wherever we work, we work with the protocols of the church that we're with. But I think, and particularly maybe since the post-COVID, the pandemic and stuff, um, and, and as churches struggle for finances, we've got to get used to the idea that the body can minister in some way. And, And I think leadership is about us preparing the church to do that and do it safely and do it well, rather than try to say, well, there's a guy at the front or a girl at the front and we get to do it all.
0: Yeah. So is that, are you kind of saying that the clergy role is more the leadership role in order to equip and allow the body to minister?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you read the Bible, that's it yeah I mean and let's face it you know if anybody was going to bring rules in it would have been Jesus um <laughs> and and I, I think John Wimber says that you know the early days of the healing ministry can be very messy but the yeah. answer is not to stop but it's to to get it right and yeah and, and I think sometimes we don't let people minister because we don't like mess mm. And I think hey we all create that but mm. for me I mean, I I mean and again through the healing of the the history of the healing ministry, you know, it started out, but there was there was just one person who could do it, the guy in the white suit, you know, the guy at the front that everybody wanted to be prayed for. But of course, John Wimber comes along, John G. Lake comes along, and they and yes, they had ministries that, that people may have looked at and said, wow, that's fairly prominent. But actually, I know that John Wimber's thing was to train the body to do it. Everybody should be able to do it. Yeah, I like that a
0: lot. And that's what I like about. The healing hubs is that you you haven't got people waiting for you know the pastor or the vicar to become available to be no. prayed with it's just everyone's getting on with it and everyone's praying um and, and they are equipped because they're receiving training but obviously a lot of um clergy uh, uh, they'll have qualifications yeah. um but what's so interesting? I've noticed sometimes, yes, they've got the qualifications, but they don't have the qualities, and that's not the that's not the say. I'm not saying that's an overall rule. Uh, no one's perfect, um, but I've I have noticed that qualifications can sometimes be a priority before the quality. Um, mm-hmm. w- just what are your thoughts on that?
1: That's, I love that. That's that, that's great because you know, I mean, who's got a, who's got a qualification in compassion? Yeah. yeah so I have a PhD in compassion I don't like people (laughs) but I got a PhD yeah and actually what I've looked through and certainly through church history but also in my experience in the last 40 years there are some people who never got a title they never got a position they never did a training theological thing but you let them sit next to somebody and that person encountered Jesus in a very tangible and real way and and when they prayed something happened and things got changed but actually if you'd said do they have any qualifications to do that the answer is no did they have the qualities of compassion and faith and trust in god were they able to share in somebody else's journey and and respond appropriately yes they were and actually part of my thing in the end was to say i'd be an i'd be an idiot to stop those people ministering yeah. because they're the people that god has joined you know into this ministry and so i think i think you're right i mean perhaps we should be thinking more about the qualities of ministry than the qualifications that you might think would be necessary to do it
0: yeah definitely and you said something in uh acorn christian live that god has thoughts about us and that makes us who we are mm. so god has thoughts about us that's what that's what makes us who we are. And that's a huge thing when it comes to ministry, isn't it? Because if we start to take on board what God says about us, surely that will impact the way we each minister to people.
1: Absolutely. And, I've got, and you know, I'd love to say I made that up myself, but I didn't. I nicked it out the Psalms. How precious, oh, are, your, how precious are your thoughts yeah. about yeah. me, oh God. And so, I mean, Lisa, right now, God is thinking about you. Mm. Right And me think about us right now. And if we could flow in that and be open to his spirit, then that makes a whole lot of difference than me having been to theological college and trained and done this and that and know how to pronounce Greek words, you know, um, most of the time. But, you <laughs> know, the, the, the key thing is the qualities. And I think that's what Jesus was growing in the disciples. Yeah. yeah? And actually, Judas, yeah, he missed it. But actually, I love the fact that he was drawing out the qualities of the kingdom, yeah. whereas the Pharisees were focused on the qualifications of the law. And I think you know, that's why I, ACORN started Healing Hubs, because we want to draw out the qualities of ministry for people.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. and And I think also that leads into the next point that I was going to bring up, that we are all called for something, aren't we? And I don't think it has to be this massive, like, I've received my calling, you know, and you're seeking it. Actually, like, we are, we are all called and, and God tells us, he speaks to us about that.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, there's a wonderful phrase. The, the guy who mentored me for 20 years ago, I called Ken McGreevy, I remember him saying, he said, we are saved from things because we are saved for things.
0: Nice. So yeah. we're
1: saved from this stuff, but actually we're saved for other stuff. We're saved for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, I would say to people, um, ask God about what the thing is. Say, Lord, show me. And, you know, part of the healing ministry is not just in the 10 minutes after the service in the prayer ministry team down the side of the aisle. But, you know, the prayer ministry is just wherever you find people in need and and and, you know, pray for anybody who will let you pray for them pray simply in jesus name i bless you i mean that's the pr- great prayer to start you know i've said to people can I, can I just pray blessing on you father would you please bless this family in jesus name it doesn't have to be any more than that because in the end it's not the power of your words it's the it's the god who's behind them who sort of gets yeah. involved you know yeah. so i would say to people yeah we're all called for something you know please hear this you are called for something so just find out where and how God can use you. And, you know, the fact that you might not have a title or a badge isn't the point. Funnily enough, they didn't give Jesus a title or a badge either, uh, no. and at least not until the crucifixion. You know, that was not quite a, a thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I think in the end, if we could, if we could focus on just being Jesus where we are, everybody's a
0: minister. Yeah, and I think it helps as a practical point. It helps to look at what Jesus did, um, yeah, to help us understand, it's like kind of like what our role is and, and how involved we are. Um, because I mean, we've said this before at Acorn, but we can see through the scriptures that Jesus has done stuff before, so he, he can do it again, and yeah. that with, with us being involved. Yeah. Um, so I find it really helpful to look through and. and see what he's done and then think right today what does that mean for me yeah i love um yeah so is that is there anything else any practical points or
1: i would say um if you want to find out what your purpose is um look where um when you've done something it's had an impact just just sit you sit down with a cup of tea just say okay what have i done that people go wow that really helped me you know, know or what sort of needs keep coming up to me you know people keep saying can you can you uh, can i ask you about this would you pray for me for that or can i talk to you about this you know because somewhere it's a little bit of a little bit of a clue and i'd say the other thing is you know what really gets your interest do you think oh i'd really love to know about this and just start to explore it talk to your friends talk to people who know you about what do you think I might be for, and, and how do you think God might use me? And, hey, certainly you can turn up to some Acon events and we'll do everything we yeah. can to help you in that process. So um, I would say just make it immensely practical. Just start saying, okay, what have I done that's had impact? And, you know, I, I mean, that's how I got to be a worship leader. I just thought I was a kid with a guitar playing and, and jamming for Jesus. And then people come and say, well, wow, really, God was really there. And I went, what? When? <laughs> how did that happen? You know? <laughs> But then it kept happening and i thought oh maybe i should take this a little bit more seriously
0: yeah yeah that's a very helpful uh example actually hmm. um brilliant yeah as we said if if this is something you're wanting to explore more and um, the acorn healing academy is so useful but for, th- for this sort of stuff because we talk through a lot of this stuff we ask hmm. questions have a little bit of debate as well and um, so yeah please do check that out if you're interested Uh, But this has been so useful, Wes. It's given us some points to go away and think about. Um, But before we say goodbye, will you kindly pray for everybody?
1: Well, I would, but on the basis that everybody's a minister. Yeah. Why don't you do it?
0: Fantastic. Cool. Father God, thank you for encouraging us in this moment together. And I ask that you will continue to teach us and inspire us and... Just make us aware, Lord, of what you have in store for each of us in bringing your kingdom to other people. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you, Wes. And thank you guys for listening. See you soon. Bye bye. Bye.